my wife was speaking on a Wednesday, again, very powerful, powerful uh, uh, sermon. And uh, we're going to, I think they sell the tapes $4, but for today and throughout the week, the tape that she spoke on, uh, we're going to be uh, selling it for only uh, $2, okay? And it's very vital. Get that tape that she spoke. Really, it was the last sermon uh, uh, over at uh, the... Uh, um, bowling alley, and so uh, you know, I said, Josie, you know, do your, you know, give it your all, and what she always does, always comes ready, she always comes prepared. But man, she was exceptional, and so you're able to get the tape for only two dollars on today, and, and and hear it over and over again. Uh, Exodus 13, <clears throat> beginning in verse 17, 18, and 19. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Though that was what? Shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt and go home to Mama. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Father, I pray you would utilize this half hour, Lord God, for the furtherance of your gospel, Lord God, the edification of your body and the salvation of souls in due season and those that are here today as well. Lord, I thank you for this first prayer, for this first sermon, Lord God, that we're able to have in this first service, Lord God, here in, in, in this building, Lord God. Many have come, Lord God, didn't, didn't want to wait till 11 o'clock. They wanted to be a part of the first service in this place, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just loosen, Lord God, a spirit of salvation and edification continually in this sanctuary, Lord God. And throughout, even the children's church, Lord God, the children are blessed right now. Anoint the teachers, Lord God. Use them, Lord God, to the Spanish service at 2.30 and the evening services, Lord God, the breakthrough services, the word that Pastor Sonny has given us, Lord God, the breakthrough word, breakthrough 2000, Lord, that we would break through in those 6 o'clock services. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. Greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. <clears throat> Prior to your being seated. There was this little boy and he was coming out from behind his backyard and he was going into a little sandlot baseball diamond there and he had a bat and he had a ball. And he goes up there and he gets that ball. He gets the bat and he tells himself, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. Now, on the way down here, I heard that Wade Box, you know, hit a home run to have his 3,000th hit. That's a lot of hits. Uh, Tony Gwynn just recently did it. I know I'm losing some of you ladies. Stay with me. Uh, great hitters in baseball. I mean, when I think about these guys and to think that Pete Rose had over 4,000, wow, that guy could hit. Uh, but he never hit and the gambling, hallelujah. Uh, pray for Pete Rose. He's going to be coaching, I think, a team in Sacramento right now. But anyways, this little kid is thinking, you know, he's comparing himself and he's telling himself, he's psyching himself, he says, I am the greatest hitter of all time. And he throws the ball up and he swings and he misses. He gets the ball, picks it up. And I was going to do an illustrated sermon too. You know, I should have been so busy this week. Then he, but I would have hit some of you because I can hit. Ah. <coughs> Then he threw the ball up again, and he swung, and he missed. And he says, man, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. The greatest hitter. Of, and he picks the ball up again. He says, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. I am the greatest hitter. Of, and he throws the ball up again, and he swings, and he misses again. He goes, I'm the greatest pitcher of all time. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you got to find what you're good at. <laughs> 
and I would dare say this past week, uh, man, I have never seen, I mean, so many ants, hallelujah, ants out of shame. Everybody working hard, but everybody... Through these 18 years, God has matured a number of you. God has gifted a number of you. He's, he's given you talents as well, and you've been able to put them together. I mean, everybody was doing their best. Uh, one individual who's good at, at shrubbery and, and you, know, uh, all, you know, gardening, he, he had all that stuff out there. He put all, how many have seen those new flowers? Those are new. Uh, everybody started doing all kinds. Everybody was putting their, you know, their 39 cents together uh, because they're the greatest pitcher of all time. Uh, we found our power spot, many of you, and you're using it. Some of you, you know what you're good at. Come, we're going to need your help because we're in this to win this together. Unity. Now, here in this portion of scripture, again, I've entitled my sermon, Detour of Duty. And you know what a tour of duty is. Many of you have been in the service. This is a detour. It's, we're talking about the Israelites being armed and ready for battle. See, the Bible says that God led the Israel out of Egypt with his strong hand and into the promised land. But why? Did something that looked so promising, so quick and so easy, why did it last so long? Many of you know that they wandered in the desert 40 years. Why did it take so long? Why those disheartening 40 years in the desert? Why those 18 disheartening years without a building? I would ask this very same question. See, Israel left Egypt with so much hope and so much enthusiasm. Richard says, I came back with enthusiasm. Well, the word enthusiasm has to do with God because it's Theo, God in you, into, God in you. you. You get enthused when God's inside of your life. Well, they came out full of God, full of enthusiasm. So why not allow them to go directly into the promised land uh, on the momentum that they had going after coming out such powerful victories over Pharaoh and over Egypt? Why didn't he just allow them to go straight into the promised land? Uh, see, but once you read the Bible... It seems as though Israel is always having to do things the long, strenuous, hard way. Once I read the Bible, it seems like Pastor Steve's always having to do things the long, strenuous, hard way. And you happen to be my children. Hallelujah. Huh? See, but even the history of the church of Jesus Christ, one finds, my friend, that this as well can be said of the, uh, of the pattern for the, for the church, the early church, and even on in today. Ah, that we believers seem to also always have to, you know, go about acquiring things, obtaining God's promises for us, not by the easy road, but rather the long way, the hard way, the way of the wilderness. I have a sermon that I spoke many years ago called the Duke of Pearl. Uh, the Duke, 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 Duke of Pearl. No, just stop right there. Uh, but the pearl in the Bible talks, it means the church. The pearl, uh, the buried treasure signifies the Jewish people, Israelite, the Israel nation. But the pearl is always talking about the church. And how was the pearl formed? Sand gets in it. And rubs it the right way? No. The wrong way. I don't like these trials. How long will he preach sermons now? He's got to get, we got to be out of here before 11. Duke. Duke, Duke, Duke of Pearl. <laughs> uh, that's how you grow. That's how you become a pearl. And the pearl signifies the church. So that means the church is going to have to go through some heavy trials. I'm talking about the universal church in general. But ours as well. Ours is not excluded. We're going to have to go through some heavy times. Uh, now, in Exodus 13, the children of Israel have just come off a great victory and a great deliverance. You know, if you've seen, you know, the... the, the 
what was that? The, the Ten Commandments, but also uh, Steven Spielberg made the other one right now recently. Prince of Egypt, yeah. It, it talks a lot about this, okay? Hopefully you didn't have to see the Prince of Egypt. Hopefully you saw it in living color. This is better than Spielberg. This is living color here. Huh? This is not animation. This is the real thing. Uh, but, you know, they come out of Egypt full of high hopes and fond faith. The Israelites do. Their level of courage and confidence is at an all-time national high. See, nationally as well as individually, they felt secure. They felt protected. In other words, God took care of us. We're going out of Egypt. Man, they, they felt courageous. They felt confident. They felt that they were ripe and ready to be taken straight to the promised land that was said to be flowing with milk and honey. But as Israel leaves Egypt, fear and danger and difficulties, these were the furthest things from their minds. Again, they only wanted to be taken straight to the promised land. Straight through the Gaza Strip and on into Palestine. See, as the crow flies, the actual journey, and I've taught on this before, the actual journey from Egypt into the promised land of Palestine, of Canaan's for land, it's only a hop and a skip away. Uh, it's not long, and it's, it's not very far. 10 to 11 days tops. That's all the journey would take. From Egypt, where they left, on into Canaan's for land. No more than 11 days. So they felt, uh, and, and once they leave Egypt, with this early enthusiasm, with promises in their heart and praises on their lips. That's how they left. They left with promises in their heart and praise on their lips. Hallelujah! We're getting out of Dodge. After 380 years of struggles and making bricks and all that stuff under the Egyptian rule. See, they certainly didn't leave Egypt with the thought of, of, of perishing and dying in the wilderness. That was the farthest thing from their mind. They thought, man, God is with us. We're going to go out and do it up. Now, Upon leaving Egypt, once any and all armies, once they would, you know, uh, march a few days out of Egypt, they would encounter a place that I've mentioned already called Gaza, the Gaza Strip. Okay, that's, that would be, that's, I mean, even today, when you read in the newspapers about Israel, you read about Gaza, the Gaza Strip. It's a very strategic portion of land. That's what it is. Very vital. Okay, see, Gaza has always been a strategical strip of land today as it was back then. Thus, my friend, the way leading up and out of Egypt, Gaza would have been heavily fortified. It would have been a heavily uh, marked out and traveled highway. In other words, it would be like a highway. When they would have left Egypt, it would have been like going down the 101 or the 5 or going to the 10. That's what it would have been like. Because that's the way, that's the way it leads to, to Canaan. You got to go through the 101. You got to go down the 5. You got to go through Gaza. That's the natural way, okay? Gaza was quite naturally the first point and the first position any invading army would go through, uh, from either from Syria to Egypt or from Egypt to Syria. Alexander the Great had gone from Syria in into Egypt and he'd gone through Gaza, okay? Napoleon had gone from Egypt on in through Gaza into Syria to conquer it as well. Any army would naturally go that way. But how many know that God doesn't do things the natural way? You don't do things like that. God's ways are not our ways. Uh, now Moses, being the great leader that he was, he naturally knew this. He wasn't, he wasn't no dummy. He knew what was happening. He knew which way was the easy way. But the Bible says Moses 
being sensitive to God, led them down uh, through the Red Sea, through the desert. That's the, which way they went. See, so why go through this strange detour, through this untracked desert? And Moses already knew this. Why turn away from the well-marked path, the highway, the freeway, the 101, if you will, okay, that would be traveled by many and most? Everybody would be on there. But we're going to have to go through over here. We've got to go through the hills and the valleys. We've got to go through the desert. It don't make sense. We should be going down this way like the Baptists do. Uh, we should be going over here like all that stuff. Why the hard way? We've mentioned before, where does God build his highways? On the mountaintops. Uh, on the big places. He doesn't do it the easy way. God don't raise no cream puffs. And I'm not going to say right cream puffs. But he doesn't. God does things the hard way. But it's always the best way. And we need to understand that. Let me read to you Exodus 13, 17 again. Exodus 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was a shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. See, besides not following, you know, the quick and easy path to Gaza and to Palestine, see, human nature will tell you that once an army or an individual has been marching or maybe even in maneuvers for a great length of time and just doing maneuvers, not really fighting. Once you have an army that's, that's built to fight, but all they're going to do is march, march, march. Soon their courage wanes. Soon, my friend, the morale can easily be broken. See, armies are made to fight. That's, they're made to fight. So if you're always just in maneuvers, in maneuvers, well, who are we going to fight? Just keep marching. Man, no, 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 man. I, I want, you know, no, no, come on, man. No, just keep marching. Man. See, sooner or later, your courage begins to diminish and wane. Ah, even with the best disciplined troops, that'll happen. Give a soldier his fighting orders and take him straight and directly to the battle and he'll give you his heart. That's what a soldier will do. He'll give you a heart of a lion. Let's go get him. You know, the Philistines think you're a sissy. Ah, get him. Ah, he called you a chavala. Oh, yeah. Ah, and that's chavalas. Hallelujah. But, uh, see, but if you weary them out by marching and marching only, without any battle, just purposeless wandering, they become like sheep being led to slaughter. Uh, they're going to murmur. They're going to complain. They're going to rebel. And then eventually they'll even desert. So they were, the Israelites were prime candidates to desert in the desert. They were prime candidates. They're going to, man, look at the word. We're over here wandering for 38 and a half years, 40 years. Ah, oh, that's not right. What's happening over here? Now, I want us to look at two quick reasons why God himself chose the way of the wilderness for these people, his chosen people, okay? And he didn't take them straight down the easy road, Highway 101, into Gaza and into the promised land. Why was the discipline of the desert better? See, God knows what he's doing. For these 18 years, he took us to the discipline of the desert, but it's better for us. Biblically, we need to understand that. That's why I'm bringing out the sermon. When my wife preached her sermon on Wednesday, I said, man, I got to go with this thing. The tour of duty. Because, man, that's, that goes right along with what God was speaking to us on Wednesday and also 
I think this is a prime sermon for us here this morning once we're taking over Canaan's fair land. Amen? Now, number one, the number one reason why God took them there is mentioned there in Exodus 13, 17, the scripture that I just read. Because the Bible says they wouldn't have been able to handle the sudden danger and the fierce fighting they would quickly encounter. In other words, they had to be ready for In 11 days, 12 days, 13 days, they'd have to, ready to be ready to fight. Right away, they'd have to go encounter the armies there in Gaza. Remember, Gaza is going to be well fortified. That's a very strategic point. They're not going to just put any Johnny come lately to, to, to guard Gaza. Uh, you, 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 go over there. No, they're going to be in the, the Red Brigade. They're going to be the, 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 the top of the line of the Marines. They're going to be the victory outreach, hallelujah, of the spirit to guard that. But the Bible says they weren't ready for battle. See, in the great love of God, found in God's mind and God's heart, God chose to take them around about the way of the wilderness. Lest the people repent, the Bible says, once they see war and they go back to Egypt. That's what the Bible says, why God did it. See, church, listen to me, listen to me good here. Sometimes the shortcut is the wrong way. It's a trap. Sometimes the shortcut, it looks so good. All you got to do is get on the 101. 11 days later, you're right there. We fight. We down a few people. And we go over in the promised land. Oh, how good. And I love milk and honey. All the milk and the honey you can get. Let's go do it. Uh, sometimes it's a trap. But I want to get married now. My worldly friends are doing it. It's easy. Do you? I do. Do you too? I do too. Let's go. Who? Huh? It's easy. She loves me. She loves me. She loves me. There's no she loves me not. She loves me. She loves me. She, lo she loves me. She loves me. You, you love me. She loves me. She loves me. Uh, see, sometimes the easy way, the quick way is a trap. God wants you the long, hard way. You know that Victory Outreach Hayward, we got a little reputation within the outreach of saying, man, if you want to get married in Victory Outreach, don't go to the Hayward Church. And man, you know, go maybe once you get married, and then you can come back or something, you know? Oh, and that men's home. Oh, that men's home. That men's home. I mean, we got a reputation. It's known worldwide of our men's home. Uh, I mean, oh, no, no, no. You can't, 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 you can't. No, 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 no. I want to go to, you know, I'm act. But the long way is the best way. That's what God's trying to tell each uh, Israel. He's trying to tell us as well. Uh, it can be a trap. You know, but I want that job now. I want that house now. I want that ministry now. I can do it. Uh, the shortcut is very often not only a trap, it's a mistake. Man, how many times I've seen people go get married and, huh, honey? And they're like, Pastor, I know that we did, but could you please counsel us? Please, 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 please. Uh, because, man, we wanted, he wanted the shortcut, strawberry shortcut. <laughs> She's my strawberry pie. Okay, all right, you know, but after you leave it out a while, it's going to get sour. <laughs> uh, what happened to your strawberry It was rotten. <laughs> See, sometimes the long way is often the short way after all. Did you hear me? Sometimes the long way is really the short way. 
can really, that, a sermon like this for us. Yes, we were out there 18 years, but that was the short way, and you might not know it. But in hindsight, when they write the history of Victor H. Hayward and our children's children are reading, they're going to say, man, look, they did it the right way. Thank God! Thank God! My dad went, thank God! Thank God! Because, man, they were able to, to be strong and mature and fortified. I, I've been able to see this past week the maturity of our people. Everybody coming together. Now it's the right time. Boom! Now you got your blessings. Let's go on. Let's go on. I'm getting close to closing. Yeah, right. Uh, see, the shortcut can sometimes, the shortcut will take you into danger and difficulties we're not ready to face yet. Uh, that's what happened here with, with, with the Israelites. See, in hindsight, and in the great love and the mind of God, Israel was actually saved from a worse danger than that of the discipline of the desert and the wanderings in the wilderness. I hope you understood what I said. They were saved from a, from a bigger danger than the difficulties of the desert. They were going to all die. They, they weren't ready. See, Israel wasn't an army. They were a mob. That's what they were. They weren't organized and, and structured and ready yet. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of computers. They didn't know a lot about, you know, they didn't have a lot of college graduates with, you know, CPAs and BVDs and all that stuff. <laughs> PCPs, that's all. They didn't know about BAs or, 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 you know, PhDs. All they knew about was PCP. I knew Aniva was going to laugh at that one. Uh, <laughs> listen to me. They were not soldiers. They were slaves. They'd just been delivered. Praise the Lord. They, just, they were just recently converted. They, they weren't ready for it yet. They were not soldiers. They were ex-slaves. Their mindset was that, you know, it wasn't that of the, of the military man. Their mindset was that of the, of the submitted slave. A lot like Victory Outreach people. We didn't have a mindset of the, of the military man. Uh, I mean, you know, we're not dealing with Stanford graduates yet. Uh, but it's coming now. Now it's coming. Stanford better look out. Cal better look out. UCLA, rah, rah, rah. Uh, Cal State, Hayward. All these places better look out. We're coming. Because now it's time. Uh, we've been wandering for 18 years, but now it's time. Hallelujah. So, had Israel taken the quick, fast way to Palestine, they would have had a hard time dealing with the well-fortified and trained army at Gaza. Uh, see, Israel would have been eaten up like sheep being led to slaughter, as I said earlier. War would have taken the heart out of Israel quicker than the way of the wilderness. Look at Hosea chapter 11. I want to prove it to you. Hosea 11, verses 1 through 3. Hosea 11, verse 1 through 3. This verifies what we've been preaching about here today. Do you have it? When Israel or Victory Outreach, Hayward, was a child, I love them. God, God could stop there, couldn't he? Just to know that he loves us. Man, that's enough. But there's more. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. They sanctified to the Baals and they burned incense to images. It was I who caught Ephraim, taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the, by the arms. 
but they did not but they did not realize it was I who healed them see it was God that was carrying them but they didn't even understand it they didn't know like with us all these 18 years God was watching us God was taking care of us sometimes we didn't even know we didn't understand it we didn't realize it but it was God all the time going from IDS halt going from Ruth's road God carrying us taking us putting us over here hither and thither well, sometimes we didn't even know it, but it was God carrying us, watching over us, corporately and also individually. See, what God was doing was protecting, oh, I like this. He was protecting the birth of a nation. He was tenderly weaning and training and protecting his chosen people. Ah, uh, though things look bad, it says, though it looked bad, because it says there, though Israel knew it not. He said, I was carrying them. No, they didn't know it. Things look bad. Things look grim. Things look terrible. Man, we're never going to get a place. I don't think God's with Pastor Steve. I don't know about that. I don't know. Well, read your Bible. God knows what he's doing. Uh, but he was bringing us to a spacious place. The work, we, we, listen, when you build a building, you need a big foundation. And we're going to have a big structure. The bigger the structure, the bigger the foundation. We, it just can't be me and my wife that have paid the price. It just can't be her and I. Otherwise, it'd be a building like this and it'd fall top all over the, the higher we would go. But if it's you and you and you and everybody, everybody paying the price, everybody going through it, that's how bigger we can grow. That's how stronger and higher we can go. Because it's not, it hasn't only been us, it's been you paying the price right along with us. Ah, oh, man. You know, how about some of us individually? Some of you were not, you know, given this blessing or that position or that husband or that wife because you weren't ready for the battle yet. I'm bringing it down to an individual level. I mean, because I know how it is. We all come in here with a secular mentality. We come in here and, oh, what can I do to get ahead? How can I become one of those? How do I sit up there? Those aren't ministers. What are they doing up there? Uh, how do I do to get over here? You know, man, I'm lonely and I'm blue. They talk about the joys. I got the blues. Uh, I, I, I need a spouse. Is there a spouse in God's house? I mean, because, you know, oh, she's pretty. And my family would like if I brought somebody home. Like that home, ooh, she's a keeper. It's cheaper to keep her. Ah, ooh, yeah, oh, man. I can see myself driving down A Street right now. My big old red vehicle. With a champion at my side. I might even gun it. Do you love me? Hallelujah. But you can only love me right now. Hallelujah. Hi, hi, hi. Escape from A Street. Uh, but it's better to go the long way.
You don't want to go into a trap? We're not yet fit and ready for the dangers of Gaza. Gaza is a dangerous place. The devil fortifies it real strong. He wants you to come in it so he can mess with you. Yes, my friend, that would seem shorter and quicker to go through Gaza. And yes, it would seem, you know, that your secular friends, you know, you know they took that highway to marriage and promotion before. But God has a better way for you and I. And it's the way of the wilderness. But you've got to be able to take it. Yes, you could almost see and taste the milk and the honey of the promised land. But God took you and I roundabout through the discipline of the desert. God had your shortcut cut short. That's what he wants to do. You ended up an ex-slave, a new recruit, on a detour of duty. God was training you to be able to fight. Some of you know what that certain dream or that promise was in your own personal individual life. That you thought that you were ready for. That you thought, my friend, you'd go straight to that place. Ooh, I'm a Christian. Now I like it. I know I'm going to have a great life now with me and her. You know? She and me. We're going to have a great life. It's going to be good. And listen, God promises you those things. He'll give the desires of your heart. I taught a class here the other day on leadership. And I told people, what can you teach people? You as a leader, what can you teach people to do? And I said, you know what I can teach you people to do as, as, as a leader of, of you? I told him, I can teach you how to marry the right woman. I said, I can teach you, because I did it. Ah, but you got to do it the right way. Ah, not the shortcut. See, some of us, we think we're ready. But you had to go the way of the wilderness. I have a sermon entitled, Lot Thought. See, Lot thought the grass was greener on this side. Abraham told him, which portion of the land do you want? He saw the green side. I'll take that buffed out guy. Mm. You mean that strawberry? That might be... Ah? Nah. The second and the final thing regarding why God took these people the way of the wilderness rather than through straight to Palestine. The second thing is that even if they could have taken Gaza, even if they could have conquered the promised land right away, uh, right, even if they could have marched right into Palestine, even if they could have conquered the Syrians, they really couldn't have been able to conquer their own biggest enemy themselves. They couldn't have been able to do that. Can you imagine if they had gone straight and they would have acted bad? Look, look, look what Victory Outreach did. Well, we just came into town and man, look at this. Blah, 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 blah. Look at this, look at this, look at this. We bad, bro. Look what happened. Everywhere we go. Whew. See, they wouldn't have been able to conquer their biggest enemy was themselves. Pride. They really couldn't have been able to, to, to conquer success. No novice can conquer success. None at all. Uh, there's a story about two geese and a frog. You ever heard that one? They, they wanted, they wanted to, the, the frog wanted to fly. He wanted to, can he, and he see the geese. And they were friends. So he told the geese, hey, I'm smart. I know what I can do. Why don't I use my big mouth and get a piece of wood and I'll bite it with my big frog mouth and then one geese on this side, one geese on this side and you guys take me up there. I'll be the first frog to fly. Uh, so let's try it. He's a smart frog. So they were flying. It, it, it worked. They were going up there. Uh. <laughs> he was like, 
Then, man, somebody saw it. It's a big wonder. Man, look at that. It's like a turtle on a fence pole. And so some people saw it and they said, look. Look at that. How ingenious. There's two geese with a stick and a frog in the middle flying. A frog's flying. I wonder who thought of that. The frog said, I did. <laughs> well, who got that building? Ah, it was me. Ay, ay, ay. See, Israel would not have been able to overcome the pride of promotion, the favor of success. Thus saith the Lord, Victory Outreach Hayward. Oh, look what we did. The savor of success. The pride of promotion. God was creating a nation. I told you that earlier. God was birthing a nation. That's why Victory Average has been hanging around, you know, in, 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 in you know, shopping places. We've been hanging around in, in, in you know, little leasing this and renting that, little by little. But now, now we're ready for success, for promotion, for prosperity. Now we're ready. But God took us the way of the wilderness so we could be able to handle it. Because he, has a, he, has a, he wanted to birth a nation. He wanted to birth a nation. He wanted to birth a nation. He wants to birth a nation. But it can't be no fly by night. Ah, oh, ex-frogs, hallelujah. No. They needed, first of all, the discipline of the desert. To go from a slave to a soldier is not an easy task. You cannot turn a mob into an army overnight. Anything of value, you have to pay a price. Are you with me? Ah. Oh. See, humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think about themselves less. Let me say that again. Humble people don't think less of themselves. No, oh, self-esteem. They just think about themselves less. The way of the wilderness is always the best way. Uh, sometimes, my friend, the long way is the best way. And we need to understand that. We often need more the discipline of disappointment rather than the power of promotion. Did you hear me? We need the discipline of disappointment. Man, we didn't get it. Man, what happened? Wow! The discipline of disappointment. But now, I mean, how many times were we shooting for this, going for that? You know, I heard through the grapevine. Some people say, well, man, you know what? I don't know. How come we didn't get it? How come we didn't get it? How come we didn't get it? I'm telling you why we didn't get it. But now we got it. But we went through the discipline of the desert in order to get where we're at today. See, and here's the key, and I'm going to, I'm going to close with this, and here's the key. God's job is not really, first and foremost, to give us the promised land. His job is to prepare us for the promised land. It's not to give us the promised land, but to prepare you. Christianity is not necessarily about possessions, but about, my friend, the quality and character to handle possessions. You don't need a Cadillac till you can handle a Cadillac. And you don't need a husband till the husband can handle you. <laughs> Who wrote that? Uh, really? See, the whole thing comes down to this. Sometimes in Christianity, the long way is really the short way. I've mentioned before that, you know, the home that God has blessed my wife and I, my children with, I value it every day. It's taken me almost two years to really snap to the, wow, what a nice house. Even coming into this, 
People have, people have told me, has it hit you? I said, no, it hasn't hit me yet. But man, I'm telling you something. We got to value this place. Uh, we got to take care of it. We got to band together. I'm working on a sermon. I'm going to preach it in a few weeks about counting the cost. When somebody, you know, they said count the cost. Lest somebody go by and look and say, oh, look, at they started good, but they weren't able to finish what they started to build. We're all going to have to band on this thing together. Some of you that are new, you know, count it all joy. God bless you and all. But hey, you know, you're going to go through your things. It's not going to be easy being a Christian because anything of value, you got to pay a price. Uh, but in your life, you're going to say, man, how come I got to do this? How come? Listen, sometimes the long way is really the short way. 40 years of wandering. But look at the rest. The history of the church was built on 40 years of wandering. That was like a cornerstone for us. That's what we're going to do here for our children, our children's children. We're not going to be any fly by night. We're going to say, look back and they're going to say, my mom went through that. My, my brother stick, stuck it out. My sister paid a price for that. And we won't handle it lightly. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God moving and ministering. For our own good, we need discipline of the desert, the discipline of disappointment. And we need to see the true values in those disciplines, those disappointments. Then we got to be willing to pay the price. Remember, God was birthing a nation, not nomads. We were nomads, in a sense, physically, not spiritually, but physically for a while. Nomads pick up and tents, wander here and there. But God was birthing a nation, not nomads. That's what he's doing with Victory Outreach Hayward. God was plowing and planning for their future. God was planning for stability, not mobility. Not mobility. We, we're very mobile people. We have to keep a mobile mindset. But God wants stability. That's why he's given us his place. He doesn't want nomads. He wants a nation. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God, moving in ministry. And you say, Brother Steve, this room was for me.